You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along brought to you by Big Bikes, 12 O'Clock Boys, and Big Bikes Again. Uh, Matt, would you like to tell us your story now that I have introduced the show being brought to you by 12 O'Clock Boys? I just muted my microphone and stuffed a bunch of hamburger into my face. So, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, so I'll talk first then. Uh, we haven't had any listener donations, first off. So um, pretty soon we're all going to starve to death and not be able to uh, make any more shows. Except for Matt, who is eating a hamburger. But, you know, I'm sure he found that in like a dumpster or something because we're poor. Right. Yeah, and chick- chicken nuggets are going to get more expensive because uh, isn't that minimum wage going up? Maybe. I don't know. Is that actually going to happen? I haven't watched television at all. I don't know. I've been I've been watching uh, I've been watching chicken nugget pricing with a close eye. I've got a chicken nugget ticker, um, <laughs> like one of the sweet Wall Street ones, but it's for chicken nugget pricing. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm concerned it's going up. Is it a chicker ticker? I uh, know it's just called a chicken nugget ticker. I think that um, you can buy them at uh, chickennuggetickers.com. This is this is going to seem a little bit random if you're listening, but I I was talking before we started recording that I'm drinking a beer from Tommy Knocker Brewery, and that is actually in Idaho Springs, which is not too far away from where I am. Um, we could do like a ride to that brewery, but it would be pretty burly because the ride back like you have to climb probably like two or three thousand feet to get from idaho springs to here so we should totally do it no this is the longest nobody has talked ever (laughs) (laughs) i I assume i assume assume matt is muted because he's eating food yeah and also not interested i was (laughs) muted and then i couldn't my cursor, my Skype didn't have the unmute button. None of those buttons on the bottom of the screen were there for me to unmute myself in order to start talking. <laughs> and I was afraid that if I clicked the wrong one, I would like turn on video or like try to add a person or something. And then the entire world would melt. So I just, I assume you don't want video because I, I assume you're wearing little to no clothing. Are you wearing pants? I'm wearing the bikini boxer chamois. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> Three uh, like pairs I really, at one. I really want to try these things, like really bad. I, I could go for. I could definitely try the ones that have some legs to them, but there's no way I would. I would ride for any amount of time. Yeah, these definitely have no legs. They are like, <laughs> they're like thigh slash ash cheek holes in them. That's about it. No, no, that's that's not happening. <laughs> uh. So what do we got going on? Um, well, I went to Moab. Surprise, surprise. I took the <laughs> Mach 6, though, like my Mach 6, and it was really, really awesome. Um, I I did I, – I probably went down some stuff faster. I didn't really do anything more than what I probably would have done on my jet, but I definitely went faster and didn't feel like I was going to die. Which is a progression. I mean, I'll, I will eventually get to where I'm like taking like, you know, 10 foot drops and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, it's, it, I got to build up to that. I did do like a, a three, probably, probably, yeah, like a three foot drop, like the, kind of like the one I did on accident before. And this was another accidental one. And, uh, I mean, it was fine. I've, I've got my, I've got my suspension totally dialed, bro. Like I, I roll around the parking lot and bounce on it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is totally dialed. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. But I did mess around with it a little bit. Like basically, um, Matt helped me, uh, set my suspension according to what pivot says it should be, like as far as the sag. Um, and like they even gave some guidelines for like the front for the fork. Yeah. Um, and I found that to be a little bit, not quite enough air for the back for the shock and then a little too much for the fork. So I, I did do some adjusting, um, between rides while I was there. And I, I found that, um, I mean, I'm just way, I'm way more comfortable on it. Like I, and I, I did mess with the rebound a little bit too, but I, it's, I, I think that's important that we should tell our, our listeners that like set the sag according to what the manufacturer says, but don't be afraid to like mess around with it some. Because, you know, like it's, I mean, it's just kind of a starting point. It's like knee over pedal spindle for bike fit. Like it's a good place to start. It's going to get you in the ballpark, but you may still have to change some stuff. Right. Yep. No, that's really good advice. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I still might take a little bit of air out of the fork. Like I, I didn't use all of my travel, even though I did some pretty, like some pretty gnarly, some narnar stuff. Like the last half mile or so of the portal trail, like it's it's a cool trail. Like you first, you um, well, there's there's a few different parts of like that whole ride you would do to get to the portal trail at Moab, uh, but the portal trail itself is really short. Um, you have like less than a mile of this like crazy high exposure, which I walked a lot of. Like basically you. Like, stuff that I would roll over and not even think about on any other trail, like, I put a foot down. It was, it's because there's just, like, a, a thousand foot drop off to your left side. And basically, if you fall off of there, you just die. Like, there's no hospital. There's no, like, maybe you can be saved. Like, you fall, and you're just, you're going to die. Like, people have died on the trail before. And don't save up. her. That's she don't want to be saved. Don't save her. <laughs> There are a couple of signs, like there's one that just warns you. It's like, there's a lot of exposure, you can walk. And then there's another one that says, don't ride the next rock, riders have died here. And it's it's a, it's a just kind of like an off-camber rock. And if you, like, if you screwed it up, you would just fall off and you'd just die. So, I definitely, I walked that, I walked other stuff. Um, I don't feel, like, I, I, I don't have any motivation to get better at doing that. Like, I, I don't. I don't care about getting better at riding stuff that if I fell off, I would die. Uh, That's but, fa fairly reasonable. Yeah, I know. Like, I'll, I'll always walk that section of trail and never feel bad about it. I've got nothing to prove. Uh, but after that, you have, like, a half mile to maybe a mile of, like, just, like, steep, rocky, sandy, just, like, chunky stuff. And it's it's fun. Like I I really really like that section of trail. Like I I want to go back and do it again now that I know there's nothing on it that's gonna kill me. Um, I want to go back and do it faster and ride more of it and all that stuff. Like it was cool. 
That was a lot of, it, it was neat. It was my first time on that, on that particular trail in Moab because I'm, I'm always by myself. Um, uh, well, not always, but the, before this time, the last two times I was, I was riding by myself. And so I, um, I didn't really like go to that trail because I knew it had some stuff on it that was maybe a little bit dangerous. And I didn't want to do that alone. So I, uh, yeah, I hadn't done it and it was cool. Matt, well, there what you did go. you do today? Um, so the shop I work for, we have the new 2016 uh, Stump Jumper 29er. I have it pulled up so I can tell you the model, the exact model. It's the Stump Jumper FSR Expert 29. Uh, it has a 135 millimeters of rear travel. It has a 140 millimeter pike on the front. And... It had uh, XT brakes and SRAM X1 drivetrain with some uh, Revolve Traverse fatty wheels. They're uh, 30 millimeter internal width rims. So, Ooh, girl. Um, I think it was fatty rims. No, they're regular. Uh, yeah, 29 millimeter internal width. So, pretty wide rims. They're Ooh, that, alloy. That reminds me of something I got to ask Kenny once you're done. Um, so pretty wide alloy wheels and, uh, I went up to Buffalo Creek in Pine, Colorado for the first time today. And, uh, it was a, it was a really interesting thing. It was the first time I got to ride a bike that had the new SWAT box on it. Um, it was the first time I rode a bike that had that much travel. It was the first time I rode a pike. First time I rode X1. Um, but there was a couple of anything in the box. Uh, I definitely did. Yeah. Um, so last night. Last night at the end of the day, uh, Josh, one of the new mechanics that just moved here from uh, Columbus, and I decided that tomorrow, that today we were going to go up to Buff Creek. So we did the world's fastest tubeless setup on these wheels, and then I, I grabbed the tubes we pulled out. So we definitely deflated and folded up the tubes today in the parking lot and put tubes in the swap box just because that's where they go. Um, that's actually, I mean, it's pretty handy as much as we make fun of it. It's no, it's, the, it's it, the best idea ever. So here's the thing you take, a, <laughs> here's the thing you take a bike with a dropper post. So you suddenly can't run a seat pack. Yeah. And like Kenny said, he wants the weight down on the bike. Well, what a better place on the bike to put the weight than like down in the center of the bike real low. It is a great idea. I mean, it's just fun to make fun of it because it's specialized and, you know, hopefully Mike Sinyard is, is listening to this. <laughs> Are we still recording? Yeah. Great. Um, so I went out and I rode it today, and, I mean, it was a blast. I mean, it's the it's really eye-opening. Um, I, this isn't a specialized commercial, I promise, but um, I think there's a lot to be said about riding the newest suspension stuff that's out right now. I mean, it's a 2016 bike. It's It's got uh, CTD uh, rear shock, so it has climb, trail, descend, and, and honestly, if you – um, set the the pike in the lockout, and you set the bike in trail mode. Or sorry, if you set the bike, the fork in lockout, and the bike in trail or climb mode, and get out of the saddle, it doesn't wiggle at all. Yeah. And then if you unlock the pike and put the fork or the shock in trail, and you just drill it with a smooth pedal stroke, it doesn't move. And you put it in trail mode, 
or whatever. Like you put it in the most open with the fork all the way open and you drill it. Yeah, you put it in descend and drill it with a smooth pedal stroke. It doesn't bob. Like there's no pedal bob on that bike unless you're out of the saddle. And it's, but you can flip the lever to climb and there's no pedal bob out of the saddle. It's, it's nice. I mean, I really think that I understand that the X1 gearing made it where it was easier for me to go uphill today. It had the same size chain ring as my Niner, but it had a 42 in the rear instead of a 36. And I rode a bunch of stuff I wouldn't have ridden. And I, I was able to recover in places. And I, I mean, I just felt good. I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. But then as soon as we turned downhill at all, um, I nicknamed the bike Slack Mama because it's the slackest bike that I've ever ridden. So <laughs> What's the head tube angle on that? I don't know, like two. <laughs> um, I like big bikes a, and I cannot lie. Uh, 67 and a half. Okay. So like you lean into the handlebars just a little bit and nothing happens. You lean into the bars a lot and it's like, oh yeah, I'm a turn. So uh, we had some really good detailed instructions on how to ride a good loop at Buffalo Creek texted to us from one of our coworkers. And uh, we lost a little bit of time from just dicking with that. I mean, anytime you don't know where you're going, you're counting road crossings, you're stopping and reading every trail sign to make sure that you didn't miss something, yeah. you know. Um, but so we lost a little bit of time. And also uh, Josh is a good bit faster than I am. He's a, he's a fast cyclocross racer. He's fast on the road. He hadn't mountain biked in a long time. So he thought I would drop him downhill and I thought he would drop me uphill, but he just got here two weeks ago. So he's not acclimated at all. He was hurting. Uh, Buff Creek's pretty high. It gets up around 8,500 feet in some places. And he just, he just wasn't having it. I mean, we stopped and had a uh, fruit snack break a couple of times, just like, and that's not code. I mean, stop, eat some fruit snacks. Like he almost had head on saddle disorder. I mean, it was, (laughs) it was, uh, it was good though. I mean, I, and then when it was time to go downhill, no joke, that bike does not have a line. The line is don't hit trees really hard. Because it's so slack, even if you, like, run into something you shouldn't and bounce off of it, like, it, it's so forgiving that you can just lean into the bar the direction that you want to go, and it's just like, you yeah. And Yeah, I definitely did that a little bit. Well, I've been doing it on the Mach 6. Like, you, you see a rock that you're like, oh, I don't really want to hit that, but I'm going too fast to not hit it. And then you just hit it, and it's like, you feel it, but, like, it, it's not really that bad. Like, you know no, you hit it. But it's, you know, it's just like, it's like hitting a small rock on a normal bike. Yeah, and he, so Josh gave me a little bit of like, he raised his eyebrows at me when I told him what pressure I put in the tires in the parking lot. Me and him are the same weight. He's just a little shorter and and a little bit bigger than I am, so. Stockier? Uh, no, no, I mean, he's just not scrawny. It's not stocky at all, though. Uh, but uh, I put 20, uh, 26 or 28 in the front and 30 in the rear. And he was like, I usually go on the low side. I'm like, we're going to try to keep Uncle Ron's rims round, not square. Because <laughs> uh, Ron is the owner. So jokingly call him Uncle Ron, never to his face. But anyways, we descended this long, sustained descent that was ripping. And uh, it was part of the Colorado Trail. And I was like, I stopped preloading for things. Um, the bike has so much travel and in the descend mode, I could, those chain stays are relatively short for a bike this big and I could just lean back and pull on the handlebars and sort of manual through all the, like 
droppy, bumpy stuff, and and I just quit dodging stuff. And then we got to an intersection and had to do some figuring. And I was like, you see why I put so much air in the tires? And he's like, yeah. You just cram it into stuff, and it doesn't even care. I'm like, yeah. So Yeah, it's pretty, it's um, pretty fun. And then, so I'm going to rant about the bike just a little bit more. Um, it has the specialized seat post on it, and I actually really like it. The, like, two position? Or what, the two, three position? Uh, yeah, so the top cruise descend, or whatever they call it, yeah. you know. That's really cool. Like, it's nice to know that the... So what I found I can do is if I'm all the way dropped and I stand up, I can put my thigh against the saddle and push the lever and catch it on the way up. Yeah. And put it in the cruise position without sitting back down. And then I know exactly where it is without sitting back down. And yeah. um, the last cool thing that I want to talk about, because you can retrofit this into any mechanical dropper post except for a Thompson is uh, Specialized is now making a purpose-built dropper post lever that yeah, looks yeah. like a shift. Yeah, has one, too. Um, they're sick. Yeah, I just they ordered really a bunch are, at the shop. Are, um, I mean, mostly for, like, team people, but I think we have, like, one or two in stock also. Yeah, those. so all that together, all that said, um, I really like the bike, and I can imagine myself replacing my Niner with that. Um, it's just a... It, you think that it would go uphill slower because it has 40 more millimeters of tra- 35 more in the rear and 20 more in the front, but it doesn't. And is that and it, carbon? Uh, yeah, it was very carbon fiber. Yeah. How much does it weigh? I didn't even weigh it. I didn't even care. Uh, I mean, I get it. That's important, but like, I don't know or care. Like it didn't go uphill slow and it went downhill and that bike has so much more lateral stiffness than my Niner. Yeah. Like there were times that like I wrenched on the handlebars and like dove down into some chunky stuff and it, it just, you, the bike wasn't all noodly. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Kenny, did you say you're using the race face 35 stuff? Uh, yeah. Okay. I just got, I got a set and I, um, it is like, that's like the stiffest carbon bar I've ever ridden in my life. Isn't it crazy? Like uh, I put it on. So, okay, I bought the stuff because I was like, you know what? I like to try new things every once in a while. And, like, if I hate it, no big deal. I'll get rid of it. So why not try it, right? Um, so, yeah, I bought that. I got the the next SL, yeah. uh, 35 mil carbon. So it's like their lightest 35 mil clamp carbon stuff. Mm-hmm. I just got the, I got the uh, flat one. And I got whatever, the 35 mil kind of. It's not a, a the next. turbine stem, probably. Yeah, it's the turbine. It's yeah. like the one. I don't think they make the super weight weenie one in a thirty-five. But no. anyway, I uh, the, yeah, uh, I got the Atlas stem, which is like the the like I don't know, like the burlier one in a fifty. So yeah. it's like also super super stiff. Wow. Yeah. I mean, mine's an eighty, but that's just for you know fitting reasons on my bike. Uh, anyway, I've got an eighty thirty-five mil everything and. I really didn't think it would make that much of a difference. Like when I just felt the bar, like on the corner of the counter, I could definitely tell it was really stiff. Uh, but I didn't really think that much of it. And what I noticed, I think even more than the stiffness of the bar, was the fact that the stem doesn't twist as much. Because yeah. um, you don't realize it. If you look, if you ever get someone, uh, look at the front of someone's bike. If they have like a Niner RDO stem or some weight weenie stem watch like let them wrench on the bar side to side 
while you're looking at the front of the bike and just watch, look at the face plate of the stem. It moves like a ton. It's really sketchy. But anyway, I didn't really think it would make that much of a difference in the way the bike feels and rides. But that race face 35 stuff, and I'm sure other 35 stuff is the same way. Um, holy crap. It's like really, really noticeable. Um, I don't know if I, if I was, I don't think I would put, I don't know. It probably has a lot to do, like you said, with the stem. If I was going to have a bike that I was going to ride very long distances on, I, I would not want the setup that I have on the Mach 6. Yeah. Like I actually notice on my bike, on my jet, it's actually a little annoying sometimes because it, you, you get more trail chatter, which yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. Can, and it was nice, like, cause I, I rode the, it came with a carbon bar that was just like a pivot branded carbon bar. And yeah. that rode really well. Like, I mean, it was still like a nice stiff carbon bar, but I put this on and it, it almost felt like I went to an alloy bar. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I still, I mean, I really like it. I like how the bike handles and everything. So I'm going to stick with it because I honestly like, you know, I, I think the longest rides I'm going to do on this are going to be under, you know, five or six hours. So it's, it's not like I'm going to be on it. What? It's going to be under five or six hours. No long rides. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to like do vapor trail on this bike or something, you know, where I'm on my bike for like teens in the teens somewhere. That's that that won't happen. I don't think. I don't know. This I I would uh I wouldn't I wouldn't mind taking this bike down uh some of the descents on Vapor Trail, but I think I might actually get a chance to do that if I do the Salida Enduro um later on in the year. But yeah, we we got a little off topic there. Matt, was, did you have anything else to say about the uh the Stumpy? Um at one point today, I definitely the trail had a, a little fork in it and there was a stump in the middle and you better bet your fucking ass. I went straight for that stump and I jumped a stump on a stump jumper. So didn't you say you 12 o'clock it? Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up though, but whatever. Well, you uh, made me say that the show was brought to you by 12 o'clock boys because you 12 o'clock the bike. I put that bitch in the thirty forty two and tried climbing some stuff that wasn't climbable. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean by like, usable gears on a on a slack bike no it didn't have anything to do with that it had to do with the fact that i was trying to go up this rock that (sighs) how do i describe it it was as steep as the rock itself was like the the bottom of it was probably 10 inches high so like a curb a big curb to the bottom of the rock and then the rock was angled about as steep as a flight of stairs and it was about four feet long and i was just going to go over it and I didn't. I made it till my front wheel made it to the top, and then I like twelve o'clock it over backwards. And when I stepped down, I stepped down in a hole. Like my, I stepped my foot down behind a rock when I was stepping off backwards, like going over backwards, and I like landed sitting down on a rock. What trail was that on? I don't know. I have no clue. I'm 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 not able to tell you that. That sounds like. Some of the rocks on the Nice Kitty Trail, like I don't know, that's mm-hmm. good, like nope. Okay, well, it wasn't Nice went, Kitty. Like, we started out on Nice Kitty, which has some like rock ride up things that are a little steep and intimidating, but you just, I mean, they they have a lot of grip, so they're not that bad. They're just steep. 
they pop out of nowhere though. There's like giant rocks and you like come around that rock and then there's like a rock slab you have to ride over. Yeah. But uh, there's a rock drop at some point in that trail that not in nice kitty, but somewhere in the trail. And I'm totally down to do a no joke, 10 foot drop. Like now (laughs) this drop was like four feet and it felt like on that bike, it felt like jumping off of like two stairs. I, I've got to get more used to jumping off of stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm way behind the eight ball here. Like I, a three foot drop to me feels like Red Bull Rampage. Okay. <laughs> I see both of you. I, I can, I can hear both of you mocking me from behind your computer screens. Oh, well, I'm not particularly good at any of that kind of rowdy stuff. I'll do big drops. If I'm on a big bike, I'll do big shit. It doesn't bother me too much. I'm really, really bad. I'm really bad at like, uh, for example, a double with like a big kicker on the entry. I'm not good at that stuff. Like, you know, when you have to like all of a sudden your bike gets fully G loaded up and then like it kicks you. I can't do that stuff. Um, and like, if you don't do it, you die. Uh, I'm not good at that stuff. There's like a pit of hell in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. So like the real, like a dirt jump style jump uh i'm just not tuned for that like we have to really drastically change the attitude of the bike um you know or you know you have to basically on the entrance of the jump you have to like have your ass on the tire and like launch off it and all that stuff i'm not good at that but just simple drops like if it's a nice rolling flat drop and that sucker drops 10 feet like yeah bring it on that's cool with me (laughs) um but yeah All right. What well, else? What else we got going on? Do you guys want to do listener questions? No. <laughs> we'll get to it later if okay. we do it all. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about? Um, I got sunburnt on the back of my knee today. Did you miss a spot? I get. I missed. I mean, two spots. Yeah, the same spot on two legs. It's crazy. Yeah, the uh, sun here is pretty bright. The sun here is brighter than a motherfucker. So what is the rainy. what is the weather like out there? Has it just been really crappy and rainy? It's been pretty terrible. Today was beautiful. Yeah, today, today was, was absolutely like the first beautiful. Good day in forever. Yeah, so it's been absolutely crap here in Memphis. I saw and that you posted a photo of like the ten day forecast. That's what our previous ten days look like. Yeah, like Dude, it's pretty crazy. much crazy. There's a sixty percent like there it was today and it just didn't happen. Um, but there's a 60% chance of rain here in Blackhawk every day in the 10 day forecast. Like every single day says 60% chance of rain. Yeah. Same thing here. It's a, everyone's a thunderstorm though. And we just had this, this like everywhere is just this spotty, real small cell crap. And it's just, it's awful. Cause you just can't plan anything. And that, that really sucks. Yeah. You can kind of count on it raining in the afternoon here. Like right now, since we have a 60% chance every day, um, it just didn't, it happened to not rain today, which was probably the first in, I don't know, like a month of Sundays here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been like raining and snowing. It it snowed like before we left for Moab, I was in the shop and I looked out the window and it was just like out the front door and it's just snowing. <laughs> You know, so it's like, that's just great. I've learned about different types of 
precipitation here that I didn't know existed. Like there's something called grapple, G-R-A-U-P-E-L. And it's like slush balls, like little, like dime You said size, balls. It's like dime-sized pellets of slush. It's not snow and it's not hail or sleet. It's actually its own type of precipitation that is little balls of slush. And it's, <laughs> it, like I saw it and I was like, what is this? And, and Karen told me, she's like, it's grubble. It's like, what? You people just invent precipitation out here. What are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, luckily it's, it's now, uh, it's, it was nice today. Hopefully it's nice tomorrow also. Yeah. It's really funny how regional people, the, just the different stuff they experience. So, you know, for example, here, you know, we have tornadoes like once a week, it's like pretty standard, <laughs> but you know, if, when there's a tornado anywhere else, people flip out. Like when someone comes here to visit and there's a tornado siren, people look like so genuinely hundred percent terrified and they have no idea what to do. They're like, Oh my God, it's the end. We're going to die. I'm like, Oh, you're fine. They come through all the time. <laughs> Kenny, do you remember like that when I was working at outdoors and like we had tornado warnings, like once a week for, for weeks and that was and actually you and I really hid bad. Under the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, a couple of those times it got like truly rowdy. And, and people were like standing by gigantic plate glass windows, like, Hey, look at that dark cloud outside that looks like a tornado. Yeah. And and yeah. we were hiding. In the meantime, we were under like steel and concrete stairs. <laughs> uh so yeah, anything else going on? Um has anybody ridden a twenty seven and a half bus yet? No. They don't really exist yet. Not I, from I don't, they don't exist in my in my world. Well, I didn't know if you'd seen, you know, a customer bring a bike in or something cool like that. No. Matt might have. No, that's what I was getting to. They don't exist yet, so we have them on order, but they're just not here yet. Okay. I'm just, I'm interested to get some feedback and see what people think. So, I know it'll be a little late, but next um, next April I'm going to get one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that answers that question, I guess. Well, I mean, I just, it'll be... A little long story short and not really important for the show, but um, I'll get one uh, in the spring next year, and it'll be my hardtail for 2016. I'll, I'll ride the the new Specialized Fuse. I mean, I really like the Specialized Hardtail from the Crave already, and I'll try the Fuse. It's going to be 27.5 plus with a 120-millimeter fork and a dropper post. I think it'll be very Colorado broppy, so... That's pretty cool. What are you going to do? Are you going to do like a stock build? Or are you going to do like different wheels or what? No, I'm just going to buy it and ride oh, it. Okay. Oh, yeah, cool. Kenny, that reminds me. Have you seen the Knox Composites Farlow rim? Yeah. That is a burly, awesome rim. <laughs> I like that rim a lot. I I got a set for, for a customer out here, and uh, I took it out of the box. I was like, wow, this is so cool. That's really cool. Did you build them up or did you get them pre-built? I got them pre-built. Okay, cool. I'm not fast enough. I mean, I can build wheels and I ha I built one since I've been here, but I'm not fast enough to be profitable at it. I gotcha. Like I can't charge a customer, you know, like if, if the going rate is $80 an hour, I can't charge a customer $160 to build a wheel because it took me two hours, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a good wheel when I'm done. It just t it takes me freaking forever. So... 
you know, I, I try to not build wheels unless I have to. I gotcha. I know, I'm I'm not fast like you are. Or like whoever the magician is at Matt's work that can like Oh spokes. my gosh. Oh my so we have a spoke cutter at work. The uh the really big park one, the one not the one that you have to like cut it and then try to oh, I thought you were saying there's like a dude who you call spoke cutter and like that's all he does. He <laughs> just he just sits in the corner like ready to go and like he's just got his hand out and like the other hand's on the machine and like you give him a spoke and then you and then you yell at him, you're like two eighty two and he's like, Yes sir and he cuts it. <laughs> there are many spokes cut, but there is no spoke cut like my spoke. Exactly. That's that's what I pictured when you said spoke cutter. But anyway, go on. Um Uh, one of our our service manager he can take a a rim. Uh, so we he did it the other day. It was some old BMX stuff. So the rim and the hub were good, but all the spokes were shot and gone, and the customer had already cut it apart. So does us. he does he close his eyes and he touches the he touches the hub and then he touches the rim, and he knows exactly how long it's supposed to be. He measured everything, did the calculation, cut the spokes, built and tensioned the wheel in like thirty two minutes. Wow, that's rowdy. Yeah. He, he and like he had to relace it in the same pattern. You know, obviously it was going to still be, you know, the same cross and everything, but he had to get it all lined up like the original person had done it too. So he had to like put all the spokes in the correct way so like the wear on this red anodized BMX hub was covered by the new spokes and like he yeah, just knocked yeah. it out. And no joke, it was like 32 or 35 minutes. It it, it was so fast. Yeah, I mean that's that's good. I mean, that's yeah. I, Kenny, it takes you, you like what an hour or so. It usually takes an hour. Like if I just have, but understand though, this is everything laid out. So like I've got the spokes calculated. They're like they're laid out. The hub, the rim. Like I have all the calculations. Obviously, all that's all done. And all I have to do is lace the wheel. You know, tension it, true it. You know, all that kind of stuff. Generally, it takes an hour. Uh, per wheel. Yeah. It takes me a little longer than that, but I don't build wheels all that time, all that often. So now can we do listener questions? It's whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I don't have anything too exciting here just because the weather's been really bad. I haven't been doing a lot of mountain biking. I did build, I'll put some pictures on, uh, on Twitter or something like that. Uh, I got my i9 road wheels built up, and then they're pretty cool. They're nothing too special, but I like them. What did you get? Uh, I think we talked about it before. I did uh, the just the regular old J-Ben classic i9 road hubs, non-disc, just like regular plain Jane hubs. Got them in gold and did some Sapem CX ray spokes and uh DT R440 uh eyeleted rims. And yeah, they're nothing special. They're 16 mil internal. They're just like a mil wider than your average Mobic stuff. Um, but, um I would How much did they weigh when you got them built up? Uh 14 1400 or 1450? Oh, that's not bad. I think they're 1450. 28 hole. Uh, 28 rear, 24 front. Okay. Did you do radial in the front? I did radial in the front, yep. And then I just did... I've never uh, built a radial wheel. It seems like it would be uh, easy. It's really, really, really easy, yeah, because the tension's the same. uh, Tension's the same everywhere. Not that it wouldn't be any different if you crossed them, but just road front wheels in general, since they're perfectly dished, uh, 
Um, super, super easy to build. Uh, what else about them? Yeah, two cross on both sides in the back. Um, just kind of standard stuff, really. But yeah, they're really nice. I like them. They built up really easy. Um, you know, the rim hoops aren't anything special. I just didn't want to get the Stans Road stuff because I just don't really like the Stans Road rims that much. And I wanted to get something that's got a nice, thick brake track that's not going to wear out in like a day. And uh, But at the same time, is not ridiculously heavy. I didn't want a 500-gram uh, road rim because those are What's, out there like a lot. like an open pro rim? Like what do those weigh? I, know I think they cool. weigh close to 500, okay. I think. I know they're not the lightest, but they're pretty popular for people that like to build wheels. Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. They're they're pretty old. Um, they're pretty skinny on the inside as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, ideally, I would have had like a seventeen, at least a seventeen to nineteen mil internal, but I just I couldn't find one I really liked. And I also I really like the asymmetrical rims. Uh, so my rear rim hoop is asymmetrical, so it's offset by I don't know two or three millimeters uh, to one side. So you can just tension up the wheel a little bit more evenly, uh, which is just builds a stronger wheel. Um, and especially since the road stuff, the 130 spacing in the back and those big old 11-speed uh, cassette bodies, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of bracing angle back there anyway. So I wanted to try to maximize that. And there's just not many options out there for offset rims that aren't like already completely built factory stuff. Uh, most of the high-end wheels you'll notice, like the Durace, they're offset. The Mavics are all offset. But if you want to buy just a rim hoop, even like the really good stuff, like the head Belgium wheels, they're nice and wide and are really good quality. Uh, they're just straight. They're not asymmetrical. So I was kind of bummed about that. And I also have kind of frame clearance issues anyway, more uh, specifically brake clearance issues. I can't really fit anything that measures 28 millimeters or wider. It just gets too close and too sketchy. So uh, anyway, I'm pretty happy. For you. Yeah, what's up? <clears throat> are your brake pads bottomed out? Uh, are my brake pads bottomed out? What do you mean? Like, uh, so you have Ultegra 11 speed brakes. Yes. And your clearance issue is at the two pivots, correct? Mm, it's not at the pivots. There's like a, I don't know how to describe it. There's a centerpiece in the little like arch mechanism thing. And that's what's going to hit first. Uh, but but only by like probably two or three millimeters compared to the frame, but it does stick out far. But is the brake pad all the way at the bottom of the slot. I don't know. Because I ran into an issue. A customer asked the other day. He came in. He said, I have this bike. Can I run? So Specialized makes some tires. They're called. They come in a couple sizes. They make a 23-25. They make a 25-28. And they make a 30-32. And what they do is they take a 32 casing and they put a 30 tread on it. So the tread, well, the tread is really small. But it doesn't, or the the casing is nice and big and has a lot of volume, but you don't have all that tread that runs all the way around the sidewall where you'd never use it. Sure. And it helps make the tire a little lighter and a little bit more narrow while still giving you the volume of that nice size tire. And okay. a guy came in and wanted to find out if the twenty five twenty eights would work on this certain uh, the the Trek Imanda, and I was like, you know what, you're the second a customer was asking then, and like three days before an employee had asked, and I was like, you know what. Hang on. And I like grabbed a bike off the floor and I grabbed a tire off the floor and it came down to the pivots. And the issue is that if Trek had put the brake mount in a slightly different location or higher, you know, cause I could still, so I only had like a 
millimeter and a half or two millimeters between the the two side pivots of that brake. Um, but if they had moved the, I could still move the brake pads down like five or six millimeters. So if they had just put the brake higher on the fork, there would have been more clearance. You follow? Oh me? yeah. No, like in in my case, the problem is not Shimano. The problem is that Cannondale put that pivot in that place, and it works. But if they were to move that that uh, through bolt mount for the brake, if they moved it up, say five millimeters or whatever, maybe not even that much. Um, yes, I probably still could move my brake pads down far enough where they contact the rim correctly and all that good stuff, and then I could fit a bigger tire. But they didn't, so um, you know it is what it is. Sad trombone. Yep, sad trombone. It's all good. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about building really really wide rims until I have a frame that can fit like truly. Say, if I ever get another road bike, I I might go custom. And I would probably get it built where it has actual room, like a true 28 mil tire on like a head Belgium plus really wide rim. So it might measure 29 and I want to have like ample proper safe clearance all the way around for that big of a setup. I don't know. That, I mean, you can that's buy, you, you don't have to go custom to get that now. I mean, that's a pretty popular thing, especially if you're talking about like a year or two from now, that's going to be even more popular. It will, so, and that's a, that's a really good thing, and I might just be able to wait and get something off the shelf, which would be great. But the other problem is, for example, right now, I have a CAD 10 aluminum. For those that don't know, I really like it. Uh, it handles well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my only gripe about it is I'm, I'm shaped kind of funny, and I've got short arms and short torso. And the reach of this 54 is about correct for me, uh, but I actually have to run my saddle kind of high for a 54. And also the head tube is insanely short on that bike. So even with five or six centimeters of drop to my saddle, um, I'm running my stuff maxed out, which I don't like. You should look so, at the, uh, the women's fit stuff. No, he needs, uh, he needs a Damani. Probably. I need, I would need or another a brand. I would need another brand that we don't carry. And I don't want to synapse because it doesn't handle fast enough for my preference. So you know, look at the CAD 10, like the, the women's CAD 10 is going to have a shorter reach and a taller head tube. I looked at it. It wasn't much of a difference. So it was only like five millimeters or something like that. So I would want like a full bare minimum, like 20 mil taller head tube than what I have now. Bare minimum. So also, um, um, I don't even know what you guys sell anymore since you don't sell Scott now. <laughs> It's mostly, mostly Cannondale. Yeah, I was going to say the Scott CR1 would probably be good, but you guys don't have that. Nope. So anyway, I mean, I may go custom at some point or, or just get another brand bike. Who knows? Um, but the reason, gonna... I, the reason I said that is like, hey, if I'm going to get this custom bike, because I, I, basically what I would do is I would say, hey, make me a CAD 10 that has you know a two a two or three centimeter taller head tube. And true, and true clearance for the tires that I want. And other than that, that's really what it would be. I mean, I'd keep the exposed amount of seat posts I have now. I'd keep that the same. Like, there's a lot of stuff I'd keep the same about it. I'd keep the same wheelbase, the head tube angle, all that stuff. Matt, so are the you just making that noise at a dog or at Kenny? No, uh, the big wolf dog came down to check out what I was doing, and I thought she was going to try to eat my scraps because one of my roommates has a, a big... 
uh, adult. It's part wolf, and she gets table scraps. And I've been I've been hooking old Denali up. Her, me, and her buddies. So how old is she? I don't know. She's not that old. She's she's like seven or eight, I think. But oh, that's pretty old for a big dog. Uh, maybe five. I don't know. She's not that old, but she's she's already got white on her face. She's always had that though, so she just looks old and all noble and stuff. So I like giving her little scraps of food. And she came down here checking out these little pieces of bread left over from my hamburger on the on the plate, and I was like, ah, ah, nope. So um, I was gonna say quick thing about the Domani. There's a guy at work that used to ride one, and the Domani has a uh, um, clearance for thirty twos in the front but only a 30 in the rear. Um, and real quick thing, because I've been doing a ton of homework on it, the uh, Amanda is going to have not the tire clearance you want, but it's definitely going to have the fit that you want. The Trek Amanda has a lot taller head tube than a Cad 10, but it's still a pretty snappy, quick bike. It's not going to be a grandpa sluggish cobble gobbler bike. So Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've learned that I really like fast handling bikes. Um, this is what I like. Yeah. I bet Kenny, I bet you would like my uh my my custom road bike. I thought you got on that bike and you said that it was gonna kill you and you hated it. That yeah, bike I is rode terrifying. It. I rode it and it tried to kill me and I d I don't like it. <laughs> so the the problem with that bike is I think exponentially worse when you're taller. Yeah, it was it was kinda rowdy for me. Like I just left everything alone, I think. Yeah, um I mean, you and I are not that far off. Uh, reach wise, we're actually pretty close. I think you only run about a centimeter shorter reach than I do. Yeah. Uh, but I run like four or five centimeters at least higher on the saddle. Yeah. You couldn't, I mean, you can't raise the saddle more than, than much more than it is now because it's got a seat mask. Yeah. I don't remember what I did. I think I didn't touch it at all for that reason. I just yeah, wrote I think it. You just wrote it around the, the cove or something and you're like, get me off of this thing. No, no, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was definitely fun and really snappy, but, um, you know, you definitely have to, like, you have to pay attention a little bit more. Like, my CAD, you can really, I feel like you don't have to pay much attention, that it's, like, just fast enough where I can lean a shoulder in and it goes. Um, but, yeah, your bike, like, <laughs> it was, like, pre-turning. I, I pretty much, I told the frame builder, I was like, I want to think about turning and start turning. Well, I will say that they built it correctly then. <laughs> All right. I like to well, turn when I start thinking about it. <laughs> I think I'm going to replace my CAD 10 at some point in the near future. I got gotcha. you. Just want something different. Domane. You know, I want one. They're just expensive, and I mean, expensive stuff is or nice stuff is expensive though. That's the bottom line. So, uh, uh, why would you not get an Amanda? Uh, the tire clearance we just talked about. I'm not not looking for a bike that won't hold big tires. Oh, I thought you said it'll do like a 30. No, no, a Domane will do a 30. Oh. And okay. Imanda has the fit you want, does not have the tire clearance you want. Oh, I didn't realize it didn't have the clearance. Okay. No, no, no. That was what I was running into, a tire clearance problem with those 25-28s the other day. Oh, oh okay. I got gotcha. you. So you might get it to work with SRAM because I was going to say on my CAD 10, I'm running um, Oh, yeah, you run those big tires. No, no. I put some 30 – I put specialized 3032s on my bike the other day, and it didn't clear – it cleared the brake. It did not clear the top of the fork. 
Oh, dang. So my brakes are not my limiting factor on the Cat 10. So if you got rid of those Ultegra brakes, you get the Velo Orange Grand Crew brake. Um, and that's going to be something that offers a ton more clearance than the, um, uh, what do you call that thing? Ton more clearance than the Dura stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a laundry list of things, you know, that I'll change up when I get another road bike. I, the thing is, I'm happy with ninety percent of the bike, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna ride it until yeah. I absolutely don't want to ride it anymore. But there's that, things that basically makes you a good candidate for a custom bike. Like when you when you know like ninety percent of what you like in in every bike that you've ever ridden, then you can start combining them. Yeah, and I'm really hoping a manufacturer will come out and you know give me something that has all that. But my next road bike will be it's going to be hydro disc. Uh, when they finally hash all that stuff out and make it a little bit lighter, it's going to have lightweight carbon non-brake track, obviously disc wheels. Um, it's going to have DI2, and it's going to have my proper head tube height, and everything else doesn't really matter. So the that's what I'm looking for. The third is always a nice touch if you get a custom bike. It yeah, that'd be cool. Like you, but it sounds like you want a tarmac disc. Uh, maybe. If it has a tall enough head tube and the tire clearance. It's got a tire clearance. It's got a tall head tube. Tarmac has a taller head tube than a Cat 10, I'm pretty sure. Cool. Because the Allay does, for sure. I've been looking at the Allay as a potential bike, just getting a frame and, and moving all of my nice 10-speed stuff over. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see because there's a lot of things I'll wait because, again, the, the trend of bigger tires is getting more popular. You know, hydro discs will get hashed out and lighter. And there's going to be options for, you know, I like building custom wheels. I think it's fun. I like to have something that, you know, other people don't have. You know, there's nothing wrong with Mavix and there's nothing wrong with Robles and, and Bontrager wheels and all the nice stock stuff. It's it's perfectly good stuff. But there's also something to be said where someone's like, man, what wheels are those? And you're like, well, I built them. You know, that's kind of fun. Um, so anyway, the trend of having these wider wheels, I'm going to wait for that to take off and, uh, you know, get the disc brakes lighter, like I said. And so hopefully, I mean, I'd rather not have to get a custom bike because it's more expensive and everything else. Um, but yeah, hopefully a big vendor will step up and get all those things right. And, uh, and yeah, like I, like I said before, someone come out with an individual lightweight road ready, high pressure capable, not necessarily tubeless, but just a good carbon hoop I can build to whatever I want. So anyway, sort of like, I'm looking well, for. Everything but builds what you want. So Bontrager has it now. Bontrager has carbon tubeless clinchers that don't have a brake track. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you I, know, no, I, wait, I don't know if they have them in disc only. I'm sorry. I know they have them for 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 rim brake. Sorry. Uh, it's all good. But you know, and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with uh, when somebody like Specialized or Trek does finally come out with you know a ready built branded wheel set that has all those things That's oh i just meant that that means china can use that mold to build other rims <laughs> in a year too <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but you know what i would want is something like say knox composites to come out with that rim you know that has neat things Ooh. like like Ooh. offset spoke beds and this and that who do you think they'll do road rims i hope they will uh, that would be really cool um pleading the fifth <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway, with all that stuff on the horizon, I'm not like chomping at the bit to replace it right now. I really love my bike. It's great. But, you know, it's one of those things you learn what you want by riding stuff and, and tweaking and, you know, seeing stuff that comes down the pipe. 
So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. All right, can we answer listener questions? Yes, yeah, quickly. I'm tired. All right. uh, we really just have, like, a comment and a question. Uh, the comment, Phil from Kentucky, says, Hi, my name is Phil, and I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, or Louisville, depending on, you know, where you're from. Um, I have been riding for about a year. Prior to last summer, I've not ridden a bike in about 12 or more years. I purchased a KHS A-Lite one. No, Elite. Elite? Yeah, Elite. They misspelled Elite. No, they spelled Elite in a way that can be trademarked. Okay. I'm generally a casual rider. I might do an endurance race in 2016, but that might be the most I ever do. Really enjoy the show, and I have one suggestion... Can you add? You can add to the show. Add a beginner's corner with general maintenance tips and suggestions for the newbie. Thanks, Phil. Here's your beginner's corner. On your Presto valve inner tubes, you loosen the nut on the top. Give it a quick tap before putting your pump on. If you don't open the valve, you can't get air in the tubes. Or in layman's terms, if you don't unscrew the doodad. You can't get the wind in the inner tube. Okay. I'm there just. Should we just, just start doing like one beginner tip every week? Yeah. Sure, sure. And them, them straighter valves is the big ones like your car has. So the, what is it called? A mnemonic device? When you have like a name, like a catchy little phrase for something uh, so you can remember it. it. That's close enough. I don't think it's mnemonic, but it's. It doesn't matter, but. Yeah. Um, so Presta valves are the puny little ones, and Schrader valves are the same as your car. Presta is puny, and Schrader's the same. <laughs> I ask people that a couple of times every week, and they they get it. That's all that matters. I like the people that come in and like they're like, I just bought this bike, and it's got these skinny little skinny little air holes on it. What can I have some that are normal like like my car? Yeah. Yeah, I will drill your fucking rim out in a heartbeat. Don't don't Don't, don't you think it. I won't? No, I will. I'll drill your Yeah, sure. 25 $25. We'll do it. $10 to change your tire, $15 to drill your rim. All right. Let's go. Uh how about the next question or do you want to keep giving beginner tips? Nope, we gave her a one. Okay. Uh, I have a, I have a question about wheel set rating. I'm looking to get in a set of stock stands, arch wheels, and being six two two ten, and within the weight rating of two hundred thirty pounds. But do you have five and two ten? Oh, six five two ten. Do you have to factor in bike weight and body weight, or do they already factor that in? How much safety factor do you think they built into their weight rating? Okay, so I'll tell you this. I have ridden, I'm 155 pounds naked. I'm 165 pounds fully kitted up. And I've raced crest rigid in some gnarly shit. Dax Massey weighs 180 pounds and he rides race golds on a hardtail. And he now, rides Jeff, them hard. Now, Jeff, the real question is how often do you want to replace your rim? How often do you want to true your wheels? How often are you going to slam them into shit and try to make them square? And since we don't know where you're from, if you knew, if you were saying you're from Florida, we'd say go for it. If you live in the front range, I'd say go flows. 
it's hard to know without knowing where you're at. Yeah. And, and I don't know. He lives on Mars. I don't know about yeah, gravity I mean, on Mars. So I would take you use the weight rating to like compare rims of the same manufacturer, but I would never say like, oh man, Stan says 170 pounds for a crest or whatever the heck they say. And, uh, you know, WTB says this weight for this rim, you know, I mean, cause obviously those guys, there's no industry standard for that. Like they're, I'm not saying they're not trying to do a good job, but yeah, I mean, exactly. What does that mean? Is it the full bike set up with you geared up? Is it just the, is it like the average weight that someone sees on a bathroom scale? Like, you know, I don't really know. And I don't think anybody really knows, but you know, we can just tell you from experience, if you want to give us more specific examples of a rim, um, you know, we can For location and riding style and what so he, bike is it going on? Yeah. He, he just said crest, right? That's all he said. Arch arch. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah we so are these crests earlier. So are these going on your, you, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I can give you general advice, which is in my opinion, if you're on like, I think you can put, you can get away most likely with the lightest weight rim possible. If you have like a hundred mil travel full suspension bike. If you have a bigger travel bike than that, you're probably going to be hitting bigger stuff. So then you probably don't want to do that. And then if you have a hardtail, especially the rear wheel on a hardtail, takes a huge amount of abuse. So Maybe I would actually like say arch front and, and flow rear. Um, yeah, they, I mean, have, they have different internal widths, and that really weirds me out. <laughs> well, you're just weird, dude. But anyway, yeah, you know, okay. don't don't be scared to switch up rims. Just like um, Andrea said, you know, people do that all the time. Um, I actually ended up doing that on my personal setup when I was on aluminum rims. Uh, I did a race gold front and a crest rear on a hundred mil travel full suspension bike. I weigh 145 pounds, and I never I never broke them. Um, but yeah, don't be scared to switch them up and do uh, flow rear arch front, or maybe just do a set of arches. Uh, but if it's a hardtail and if you're that big of a guy, especially if you're kind of new, uh, I would say go bigger on the back, like going weight weenie on a rear rim on a hardtail. If you're a new rider and you're already like pushing the weight limit of the rim, eh, I just wouldn't do that. You're, you're not really going to like it. Um, anything else? No, uh, that was all we got. Cool. Um, well, yeah, let's, uh, just let's shut her down okay cool you guys don't want to talk about the uh the padded underwear we found on pike rumor <laughs> i was trying to be 100 percent serious and explaining like i would wear those for so my ride from home to work is six and a half miles and it's all white pass and it's great so i don't change to and from work but i can imagine if i had like a day full of errands that i didn't want to rock around a chamois all day it'd be great if i had something like that i could put on under my jeans and then go ride and like for instance if i was going to ride to the store and like pick up my prescriptions i I mean i don't take prescriptions but i'm just like making up a bunch of things you could do by bike like if i was going to drop off a shirt at the dry cleaners and pick up prescriptions and go by the pet store and get hardware medicine and then go to uh target and get a rice cooker and put in my big front basket and ride home with all of it it would be great to have a lightly padded underwear and the last thing is uh today on our ride it was like 80 degrees and no joke if you stopped for just a moment and like we're off your bike you immediately started to dry off that is so convenient here it is so Kenny, have you ever been someplace where, like, you sweat, and then, like, 
your sweat dries off. It's like the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Yeah, when you stop here in Memphis, you just turn into a giant puddle. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, we, we just thing. did... Uh, sweat actually serves a purpose here. <laughs> it cools yeah. you off. In particular, we did our little weekly road ride thing with our with our group, and uh, we were hammering pretty good, and then get to that damn intersection of Germantown Parkway and uh, Wolfer Boulevard, like, during kind of rush hour, and you always just sit there for a couple light cycles, and you're just stopped, and it was, like, really, really hot, and the sun was directly in your face because it was setting, and it was uh, it was kind of rowdy. And I'm not a, hu- I'm not a huge sweater, uh, and I was just covered, and I was pouring, and I was looking around at other people, like normal dudes who, like, sweat a dude amount, and it was hysterical. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Memphis is a fishbowl. Yep. We are not a fishbowl here. <laughs> Alright, well, if there's nothing that we're going to hate on... Nope, don't have time for hating tonight. I'm fading so hard, I rode so much today. Yeah, I kind of rode, rode Golden Gate Canyon. I, I learned that um, people hate on Golden Gate Canyon because it's hard. It really is. Like It's technical, and it's steep. And it's at elevation, like, it's higher elevation. Like, the highest point in the park is probably somewhere around, like, I don't know, between 9,500 and 10,000 feet. Like, at the very highest point that you could, like, ride on. And the lowest point is, I don't know, probably, like, 8,500. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to ride out here, but it's, like, one of those trails that'll make you better. So, you shouldn't avoid it. If you live out this way, try it out. Don't hate on it. <clears throat> All right. Well, if we are finished recording, um, yeah, and like the last five, like on a scale of one to ten, with five being the most cranky, I'm definitely a five. You're cranky. We haven't. I'm just so tired. Yeah, it just hit me. Okay, Kenny, so. are you cranky? Nope. I'm about to go to the club. All right. Have fun. Yep. Thanks for listening. Just riding along. Good night. Brought, brought to you by Stumpies. Twelve o'clock boys. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to eat dinner. Oh. Well, do we need to, like, call back in five minutes? Mm-mm. You just want to do, like, Kenny, do you want to eat also? Um, no, I don't have to. <laughs> I had a snack earlier. Have some McNuggets? Uh, I had a Cheerio around one o'clock, so I'm good to go. <laughs> so I wrote the news. And I really, um... I really want to buy a bunch of chicken nuggets and just jam in there and send it back that way. <laughs> if you ever have to warranty one of those, please fill it with chicken nuggets before you send it back. Please, just for me. I'm actually going to put a pack of fruit snacks in it and leave it. Not that um, I know of. I don't have anything in particular. Yeah, that hundred and something dollar Soka frame pump. <laughs> Isn't Silka the lube that Kenny said you falcon cup? Maybe. No, so it was that three, it was the 333 or twelve 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 lube or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have to, like, get it to the right temperature. Exactly. That's what it was, yeah. I'm drinking one of those uh, Tommyknocker 10% beers. That's nice. dumb.
I, I don't think I'm going to finish it. This thing is like, it's like beer flavored wine. An oaked brown ale. And it's. Whoa, those are chamois panties. What the? F- what is. Yeah, they're like, I mean, I guess a dude could wear those, but I mean, your junk might kind of like come out the side a little bit. Um, no, I'm just ignoring you. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, they're bikini brief chamois. That's just I don't know why that strikes me as weird because I mean you guess you have to wear something over them. So I mean maybe they're more comfortable if you <clears> have <throat> to like maybe it's not quite as warm if you wear that with like baggies over them. I guess no, it's for me. My my shit sounds dialed, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs>